Scoots Cubs cave parties. Everybody's in full giving back to those in Wow, we got an unbelievable guest today, Some a, a guy I've wanted to talk to for a long time, definitely a famous Cub fan that you see every home game on TV. And some road games. And road games, yeah. And uh, he's I've been asked about him many, many times, so I'm finally getting here on Club 400 Radio. Uh, Jim Annixter, otherwise known as the Pink Hat Guy, how are you doing today, Jim? I'm doing fine. I'm very happy that the Cubs won that game to start off a tough road trip, and uh, and I just uh, maybe they'll be like the Blackhawks, win a World Series every every other year, like the Blackhawks did for a little bit. I'm hoping. I hope so too. So uh, yeah, I mean everybody knows who you are if you're a Cub fan. If you don't, then you got some real issues. But uh, so tell us about uh, how you became a Cub fan, and we'll get into the pink hat later. But tell us about when you were growing up, how you became a Cubs fan. I I, I, I was growing up. Um, how should I say this diplomatically? From a very dysfunctional family. In other words, my father was a hard-driven businessman, very successful. My mother was a, a mean, difficult woman, a redhead. My father always made excuses for her. Uh, uh, she's a redhead. That's why she throws her cards at bridge games and this and that. And then my brother was a spoiled, rotten brat who was indicted by the FBI twice, and the only reason he didn't go to jail the second time is he passed away. So that left me. So my only uh, my out was just do, do sports, and I, I was, and the swimming coach at Highland Park High School took me under his wing, and I was a pretty good swimmer. And then the other time I used to take the before I got my own season tickets, I used to take the the, the train to the Davis Street L and get, go, go to Wrigley Field and walk in and see where I could sit out. I sat. I was there when Stan Musial hit us. Uh, the 3,000 hitter from Mo Dabrowski as a kid in the bleachers. So I, and I was there for Ernie Banks' 500th home run, and I was there opening day in 1969. But I got my seats. I got my actual seats in 1967. 1967. Now wow. we got to call. I think that longest season ticket holder. That might be yeah. a question, but uh, that's a long time. 1967. How many season ticket holders do you think there were back then? Probably couldn't be that many, right? Uh, well, it was, it was the. What happened was I was. I uh, my main thought. When I, I graduated Highland Park High School class in 1962, and I was barely in the upper half of my class, and I was ADD, they didn't have things for that. And my main thought in 1962 is, how the heck am I going to get out of Vietnam? Well, you can go to Canada and never come back. That's not going to do that. B, you can get some girl pregnant and be a father. Nope, 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 nope. Then C, <laughs> you can go to college for eight semesters. That was fine. I got to accept the University of Iowa. So my uh, in late June of 62, I put my name down the United States Coast Guard reserve list because I didn't think they went to Vietnam. I was wrong. They, they were trying to make on Delta, but luckily they didn't call my unit up. And so I was in school and so forth, and, and I'd go to Cub games whenever I could. And uh, then in, then in, uh, in, in 1966, uh, uh, I got a phone call. Mr. Annister, it's the United States Coast Guard. You called to active duty, Alameda, California, Government Island. You've got to be there April 3rd. I said, well, can I finish the semester? I said, yes, you can, but you're able to go down to the bottom of the list. Uh, how many guys are on the list? 4,000. I'll be right there. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I report as a 22-year-old scared kid, didn't know anybody in San Francisco. And my late father called up a friendly competitor called Sarusky Wire and Cable, and to this day I'm very friendly with the daughter that took over. They'd pick me up and take me to Giants games and this and that and that and this. And finally I got discharged and uh, in late October, uh, I got discharged late September of 66. I, I was working for my former company called the Annixter Brothers, which is now Annixter International, which was acquired by Sam Zell uh, in, in December of 1986. In the meantime, 
I walked into Wrigley Field as a cocky kid in December, late December of 66. I like a half a dozen seats in the first row of my company. The guy says, I'm sorry, we don't have anything. I'm walking out the door. He says, come back here. This guy just died, didn't make any arrangements. You don't mind sitting behind home plate. In the screen, I got six behind home plate. I said, done. 1981 Sears Roebuck had a corporate cutback, and they said, would you like another six seats? They called me up my phone, done. And then when Sam Zell bought the company, I took the seats with me as part of my contractual agreement. Then in 2004, they decided to put four rows in front of me. They weren't going to let me move up, but I'm sure you heard of a guy by the name of Billy Williams, who is a high-class gentleman and a close friend, and he worked for me for many years. And he said, you better work out something with Jimmy. He's going to sue you for consumer fraud. So, And at the time, the Cups were at four seats in row A, then 12 seats in row five. And, and then uh, they built this 914 club underneath, and they raised the price dramatically, and, and real expensive front row seats, and they raised the price on the front row seats from roughly 30000 to 60000 which is insane. And they wanted to raise my uh, fifth row seats from 12000 to 45000 I said, I'm out. And Billy Williams worked it out, so our firm has 12 seats down the right field line where the bullpen used to be nine in the first row and three in the second row for uh, 12000 versus 45000 so I saved our company a lot of money. They're d- darn good seats, but I tell my customers, pay attention to the game, talk between the innings, the national anthem, seventh inning stretch or whatever, because if you don't pay attention to the game, the odds are it's not going to happen, but it could happen. You could get a foul ball in the mouth. So that's how I got my seats. Well, Jim, first of all, uh, the two of us here in the studio are, are redheads. I just wanted to point that out. <laughs> well, that's okay. So. I don't care. I mean, my mother's, I, I don't care. My cousin's a redhead, and he's a great guy. <laughs> Luckily, we can't <laughs> throw anything through the radio. Right. So. And no, my, my, my mother, I, that was the excuse she, my father used because she was a redhead. She, it couldn't, she could have been blonde, blue-eyed, or whatever you want. She was just never, it's a sad story because she never really appreciated anything. And my brother, I don't want to get into it. Let's just say... Uh, he wasn't a, not a nice guy, and let it go with that. All right. And we do want to welcome Danny Rocket into the uh, studio with us, who is the lead singer of our opening song. Well, um, great song. Jim, I wanted to ask you, uh, I, I understand you played catcher uh, in baseball, uh, and you know so, so I'm uh, guessing that you really enjoy the view from behind home plate? Yeah, I, li- I, li- I like to watch the view, and I like to see the balls and strikes. I think the umping is so bad. It, it, with ball, everyone has a different strike zone. And but the thing that aggravates me with the players, and Billy Williams told me this too, when you have two strikes on you, you have to assume that the umpire is not a, a friend of yours. So anything cro- close to the strike zone, choke up the bat like Rizzo, about one of you guys that does it, and and protect the plate like a hockey goalie instead of taking a call for a strike. I have no problem with any baseball player swinging and missing. I have a problem with these guys taking a call for a strike. It's it's. And the other thing, I'm not so sure with the modern technology they should go to electronic balls and strikes because some of these umpires, are, are, are their strike zone is interesting. Do you think it's worse than it used to be? Like Oh, yeah, a lot, a lot worse. When, when a guy like Zobras gets ejected for the first time in his career, and he is a terrific ball player, and he's a terrific guy, and he has far more walks than strikeouts. When he gets ejected for saying to the umpire, you should have an electric sky, I mean, it, it, then you know something's wrong with some of these guys. So I was going to ask you, just, I mean, you're, you go, how many Cub games a year do you think you go to? You don't miss many, do you? Well, I am married. I'm going on 48 years of a blissful boot camp. I know his marriage. My wife is a very nice person. Not, she didn't really care for sports that much. But after it comes from the World Series, she's a regular. I say that I go, there's 81 home games. I'm there at about 60. And my wife's there at about 20. The Brewers play in Milwaukee 10 times. I'm there 8 out of 10 or 9 out of 10. And the White Sox play three times. 
at, Mill, at, at Sox Park. I, I'm there uh, uh, the, the three times because uh, maybe you know there's a guy at White Sox Park that's almost as crazy as I am. His name is George Jacobs, a terrific guy. He owns Winnie City Limousine. He's a Yellow Jacket M&M guy, and he's a ter- one of the world's best duplicate bridge players, and so is my wife. That's how they know each other. And and we exchange seats. I give him my two seats when the Cubs come, and, and I give him his, he gives me his two seats. I'll be going to Sox Park in September. Yeah. Oh, go ahead, Danny. Well, have you ever uh, sat with Marlins man and like how does oh, yeah, that no, go over? Well. To sit oh, yeah. the pink and orange yeah. together seems like it might clash well, color wise. If you give me a cell phone number, I can fax you a picture of the three of us, the three nutcases of baseball. His <laughs> name is Lawrence Levy. He's a reti- he's an attorney. He's highly successful, and he's never been married. So periodically, he sh- shows up at you know sporting events. He goes to Super. I say, he said, Jim, how come you want to come with me? I said, Larry, I have four children, two daughter-in-laws, five five five, five grandsons. I just can't, and I have a I just can't pick up and go. You're single. You can do what you want. I can't. I'm lucky. I go to Cub games. But he's a very nice man. I was going to so add, oh, go, go ahead. We're the three nutcases of baseball. There's George Jacobs, who who, who owns Windy City Limousine, which is also the limousine company of, of the Cubs and so forth. And uh, he, he's the yellow check and M&M guy. And then there's uh, uh, Larry Levy, who's the Marlin man. And then there's me, the pink hat guy. We've had pictures taken of the three of us. I say the three the three nutcases of baseball. Yeah, that's true. You could so, probably add Ronnie Woo Woo to that <laughs> list, possibly, too. Well, I know. Rich, really, Ronnie Woo Woo. <laughs> Pretty good impression. So the most obvious question, some people don't know this question, but what's with the pink hat? So, Okay, it all started in 1990. The All-Star game was at Wrigley Field. Whoever went the day before, Ryan Sandberg won the home run. They passed out a pink hat. So I wore a pink hat and a green shirt so my wife can see. I'm really at the ballpark. I'm an honest guy. I'm not fooling around. Turn on the TV. And a number of years later, my cousin uh, Jeff Annenberg said, why don't you make, a, make up a pink hat? And I made up a pink hat, and a patent attorney, Joel Siegel, trademarked it. So I, ba- I made a pink hat, and a, back- and a pink hat guy. Now it says, Go Cubs. And I didn't realize I was going to be an instant celebrity and, and all the notoriety. So what I've been doing with the hat to try and pay back to the community, anybody that wants one, I'll give them to them free around the country, which we get requests. If they make a minimum donation of 25 hours or more, the American Cancer Society or Cancer Charity, charity of choice like pancreatic cancer or breast cancer or something like that because my brother died of cancer and i lost my tennis partner pancreatic cancer uh we lost several friends to breast cancer so i'm trying to pay back in my own way and the american cancer they call me you're doing a wonderful thing i said what do you mean i made a few bucks here and that's not that you're making people aware of how bad cancer is in a pleasant way that's awesome i didn't realize that so if our listeners want to get a pink hat what would be the uh, quickest easiest way to do that i know they have to just you know, e- email me, small j, Annixter, A-N-I-X-T-E-R, all small letters, the ad sign, small a, dash, Z Industries, one word, Z Industries.com. I have a young girl that I call this girl, her name is Nancy. She's the pink hat girl. She takes care of these things for me. Uh-huh. And I've, I move a few hundred hats a year, and it's fine, you know. Uh, and you know, I'm glad I'm able to help out. That the, some of the emails I get from these people are really sad. My mother died of cancer. Could you send me a pink hat or something like this? I, you know, I get a lot of this stuff, and it's. Uh, I feel good about that, trying to help people. And uh, now you always uh, wear a green shirt as well. Is uh, I wear a green shirt or a green sweatshirt depending on the weather because sometimes it's very cold and something. But with the green, because I wear the green so my originally my wife could see me. But the ivy on the on Wrigley Field when the weather's nice is green, so I figure I'll match the ivy. <laughs> there you go. You get, you could blend in like Andre Dawson in that commercial when they, well, yeah. when they pull them I've out. I've already done one commercial. You ever heard of a, a, a mustard called Golden's Mustard? Yeah. yeah. I, 
Yeah, I was the mustard hat guy at Wrigley Field. They paid me a nominal sum of money. They asked me if I would be the mustard hat guy. I said, sure. My daughter, actually, they called my daughter up. It was friendly with uh, someone that works for Conagra. Would your father like to be the mustard hat guy? Well, he's an egomaniac. He had to do it. So I did it. I did rehearsals. And after the first pitch, I put on the Golden's mustard hat. And I had to put on a yellow shirt. And they asked me to please stay the whole game and hold up a little sign, a little, a little bottle to Golden's mustard. So I was the mustard hat guy for one day. And you, and you can muster people's hot dogs. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I had to, I, I had to eat three hot dogs during the course of the game to make you know to make it viable you know that kind of thing, which was fine. So but, uh, you've been married forty eight years. Has... Gonna be, it's going to be forty eight years December twenty. Is, is that the blonde lady? Blonde is that your wife? The blonde next to you, or is that someone else? No, no, no my wife's not blonde. She's dark haired and everything. Okay. One time there was a blonde lady sitting next to me. That was my daughter. People, somebody said, "Does your wife know who's in your mind?" It's my daughter. Okay. <laughs> Now, has she ever questioned your your whereabouts since you started wearing the pink hat? Never. I I, I can tell people. Uh, there's this is a sad commentary. I know 50 young people. What I mean by young, in their late 20s to their early 50s, have gone going through divorces with two or more kids. I find it disturbing. And I have a very good marriage. I have a wonderful wife, and I can look someone straight in the eye and say, in all the years I've been married, I've never cheated on my wife. Period. End of discussion. You're either married or you're not married. That doesn't mean I don't. I always tell people I look at the menu. I don't order. <laughs> You're loyal, and that's part of being a Cub fan, so that makes right. sense, you know. Yeah. And uh, I get, I would say this now, and I, I realize, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, I, I get at least when my wife's not there, and it's in the last couple, of years, I get proposition at least six times a year. Hey, pink hat guy, I, I'm staying at this hotel. You want to come back to my apartment and have a nightcap? <laughs> I said I'm very. Then I point to my wedding ring. They say, Well, that doesn't matter. Yes, it is. It's the smallest handcuff in the world. <laughs> so, so I guess I should get a pink hat before I go back to Wrigley Field if I. If I want yeah, to you, partake you, in such you, a yeah, yeah, sometimes uh, sometimes friends of mine wear pink hat and they come people come up to them and say are you the pink hat guy and I tell them to say your stunt doubles that's all yeah. stand-ins I I know you donate a lot of tickets too don't you you I mean yeah I would say very charitable well, guy yeah we donate a lot of tickets to you know like cancer research and and a friend of mine has has uh, two sons who are blind at birth so we give tickets to that and the fighting blindness and they, they sell them for a profit and this and that but because of our charming president let's put it that way i'm sure you're aware or not aware but sports tickets are no longer tax deductible and I, we are not a fortune 500 company so i had to get rid of a lot of tickets because my three sons run this business they say dad we can buy them on stop for i mean i got rid of bears tickets but I, basically what i kept is my 16 cup seats and my four seats to the brewers because the brewers seats are very inexpensive compared to the cup seats yeah. They, for, for for example, four brewer seats. Where well, I'll be there, eighth row behind home plate, section eighteen. Roughly those seats you pay is roughly sixty bucks a seat, and the the best parking lot is the gold preferred. That's twenty five bucks. Comparable seats at Wrigley are two hundred and fifty for the parking. How about that? Big difference. I, highest ticket out there, I think. The Cubs are. Yeah. Have, have you? What do you think of all the changes that have taken place at Wrigley Field within the last? I'd say five years, six years. You know, obviously, it's just a totally different uh, environment. Well, it's, it, it's, you're 100 percent right. I tell people, Rick is, and I happen to defend him uh, with regard to the rooftops, and he bought a bunch of them because in the 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s, a guy was sitting on top of his roof in a lounge chair drinking a coke or drinking a beer. And then in the 90s, they started charging five grand a game. That's pirating their products. So Rick busted them by, by uh, 
putting those uh, uh, school, uh, jumbotrons up on the one on the left field wall. I'm always on my kids always refer to that not the jumbotron, it's the jimbotron. But but I, I think he's done a good job. I mean, they built that nice hotel and they got that that area where you can walk by the, down the left field line. You know where the firehouse is. Walk in there, and I guess if they, people pay ten bucks, they can sit there the whole game and drink and be part of the atmosphere. When they, they even though they're not in the park, they show a big screen TV. He's done a lot of good things around there. And in five years from now, another five years from now, you won't reckon, in my opinion, you won't recognize Wrigley Field from the outside. It, it, it'll be just completely. I don't know what he's going to do with all those rooftops, but I know he's not going to let them stand there like uh, empty. He'll do something. I was going to ask you, I'm a business owner myself, so I have the difficulty of weighing my job and going to Cub games. You're obviously a very successful guy in business. How did you how, how did you weigh that? I mean, obviously you had a lot of good people that worked for you. but You have I, a lot of very good people. Uh, when they used to play day games, my uh, my business was in Skokie at the time, so I could I could leave relatively early and then I, I and then get out of there by six seven and go back to work. But it's a little different. I'm mainly because they play mainly night games, so it's much easier to go to to, to work. I'm lucky. Our our three sons run the business, and they always ask me, "Are you ever going to retire?" I say, "Never." I take orders from your mother every evening. That's enough. <laughs> and uh, and uh, so I'm able to go to, uh, a few cup games here and there. And then most of the cup games now are on a weekend or night, so there's not that many actual day games. There's a few, but not 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 not, not, not like it was until 1988. 8-8-88, I was at the game, and it, it was the first night game, and it, it got rained out. So the real first night game that counted was eight eight nine eighty eight. So speaking of that, what are some of the most um, uh, amazing things you've seen from from your great view that you have there every day? Well, I, opening day, nineteen sixty nine. I, I remember, like I said, at the bottom of the 11th inning, Cubs are losing 5-4. to four. DeRocher motions to the dugout. There's one on and one out, and he sends up wonderful Willie Smith, who just passed away recently. And the hit for Jim Hickman on a 1-2 and two count, he hits a home run over to the, uh, the right field the bleachers on the Sheffield Avenue, and the fans were going, hey, hey, holy mackerel. And it was great. They won 10 straight games to start the season. That was The 69 squad was one of my favorite all-time teams. Unfortunately, they lost to the Mets, but a lot of people don't realize they won 92 ball games, and there was no playoff system back then. Had there been a playoff system, who knows if the Cubs could have gone back and won the whole thing. And uh, people always ask me to compare the Cubs to the World Championships. I really think the 69 squad could have played with them. They might even be better. We had four Hall of Famers, Ernie Banks, Billy Williams, Ron Santo, and Ferguson Jenkins, and we had a great double play combination, iron catcher. But it just was unfortunate. The Mets had great pitching and a bunch of 250 hitters that got a hit at the right time. But it was a different era in baseball, if you know what I'm saying. And I gotta, no I gotta ask you. I, I, I ask all the great Cub fans that we have on the show. Game I was set. There for, I was there for Mill Pappas' no hitter. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I yell up from me to this day when I see him behind him. If he ever comes back there, the Cubs are leading eight to nothing. There's two outs for a perfect game, and a three-two pitch to Larry Stalling. He calls ball four. They should have called strike three. Would have been one of a few umpires to call a catch. It was not a one to nothing game. And the next batter grounded out to his Carmen fans who was playing second that day. And that it should have been strike three, ball game over, and he didn't do that. Throw me. I let him have it every time I see him. <laughs> but, yeah, I was going to ask you about game seven. Were you, did you go to Cleveland? Or, um, yes, I was. Okay. One of my son's friends got me seats and uh, said, Mr. A, we're going to take you to the game because you've been very nice to blah, blah, blah. So I was sitting by, – by the time we got there – 
it was a, it was raining in Chicago. We were at my friend's private airplane. We were at Milwaukee Airport. They weren't going to take off, and he finally took off. By the time I got to the game, I, I it was the it was bottom of the fourth inning. It was the bottom of the fourth inning. I walked to my seats, and I, I wore a green shirt and a pink green sweatshirt and a pink hat. And they said, "The pink hat guy's here." I got a standing ovation from all the Cub fans. I was there for Game Seven, and I think Madden managed that game brutally, but the Cubs bailed out. He takes out Henrik in the bottom of the fifth inning when the Cubs are winning five to nothing, one out a man on first base and what pardon me, two outs a man on first base. He pulls him and brings in Lester who pitched the day before. The whole thing was idiotic. Thank God they won the game and bailed his fanny out. Yeah. What did that mean to you to finally you know, you saw you've seen a lot of bad baseball and uh what did it mean to you to finally win you know, be there and see the crowning moment of the the organization? I thought it was it was outstanding. I was very fortunate that my my uh my three my my three sons were there my my and all my grandsons the whole family I have sixteen in my family a large family everybody was there at Wrigley Field for the games the fact they won a, I never thought they'd win a World Series in my lifetime because I figured not the curse of Barth when I was at that game and the '69 season I just thought that they never would the fact they, they the fact they won a World Series in my lifetime what I what I realized anything going forward is plus business if they don't make the World Series this year okay at least I was able to see a World Series in my lifetime I was very lucky to do that yeah i agree i mean that's that's i, I hope we get a couple more we got about a, another five-year window um uh, that's the, right i signed a seven-year lease on my seats i figured the cubs will be good for for seven years and and they and epstein they made mistakes darvish i personally would have tried to work out something with arietta but they signed darvish i hope he doesn't have to have tom tommy johnson i hope he's okay chris bryant i've met his parents and they're very nice people and uh chris bryant i think will be fine he's got to take his time and Brandon Marlowe, the closer, we need him badly. He's good if he's okay, but I, I don't realize injuries are part of the game, but the Cubs are surviving these things for the moment. Yeah. Do you go to uh, spring training every year also, or do you go down no, to I, I run, I, and I run a place in Florida. I do some scouting for the Cubs unofficially because I report to Billy Williams and tell him what I think. Uh, hmm. I, this past year I, I watched the Marlins and the Cardinals and I watched the Astros and the Nationals. And I, I called Billy Williams and wrote down a few and said, Billy, you go tell the management. The Astros are the team to beat. They got this little guy, five five, uh, Altuve. They got Springer. They got a bunch of guys. If they can get a top flight pitcher, which is a big if, they're going to be in the World Series and maybe win the thing. Sure enough, they got Verlander and they went on to win the World Series. So I, I know what I'm talking about. Huh. They're a good team. Hey, you do everything. I didn't yeah, know. I didn't realize you scouted too. <laughs> yeah, I took notes and everything. And I, I, I wore my green shirt and pink hat at these ballparks. I get stopped by a lot of people. Hey, I'm from Chicago. What are you doing here? I, aren't you at the wrong ballpark? I said, Well, I run a place in Florida. I'm not going to fly to Sloan Park or anything like that. But, but before we moved, to, we had a place in Florida. I used to go to spring training uh, down in uh, Scottsdale. But uh, you know those fantasy camps? I was the, at the very first fantasy camp in Garden Arbaugh, Ferguson Jenkins, and it was 1983, and I was on American Airlines promotional video and so on and so forth. And oh, really? Yeah. That's awesome. Any other players besides Billy Williams that you got close to over the years? Well, because of Billy Williams, uh, uh, I met a lot of the 69 Cubs like Ferguson Jenkins and Randy Hundley, and they were just a great group of guys. And uh, and the, the Rocher was kind of funny is that my uh, – uh, he was a married to uh, an actress named Lynn Goldblatt, and, and he lived in High, they lived in Highland Park. And when he, I guess, going through his various situations, my uncle bought his house on, on two seventy nine Moraine Road in Highland Park. It was the old DeRocher's house. But uh, I, I, met, I met a lot of these guys. And, and DeRocher, remember in '69, took off and went to Camp Ojibwa and at parents' visiting weekend. She had a kid up there, and they said, uh, and they had things in Eagle River, Wisconsin. Welcome, Leo. But he took off in the middle of a pennant race, and so they got mad at him for that. But 
listen, they won 92 games, and it's just they picked the wrong year to win 92 games. But uh, I, I have a lot of memories, and I'm, I was fortunate enough to be at Game 7 in Cleveland. And I'll tell you, want to hear a funny story? Yeah. I, n- I don't drink and I don't smoke, okay? I'm a classic nerd. So the beer vendors at Wrigley Field are friends of mine. They said, Jim, can we please buy you a beer? Please, please, please. Okay, okay. You can buy me a beer if and when the Cubs ever play a World Series game at Wrigley Field at the friendly conference. Sure enough, 10-22-2016, uh, the first game of the World Series, they came down and brought me a beer. I made it through half the cup, and they filmed that. That's about it, you know. <laughs> but That's... that was funny. That's the only beer I've ever had. The question is, where is the rest of the beer, and can I have it? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, we, one of our listeners wanted me to ask you about um, uh, game day. Uh, you know, your game. Uh, your basically your routine every day. Uh, you dr- I play the routine. Yeah. I you know I live in Highland Park and I work in Northbrook, so I try and leave. Yeah, you know, it, it's a little tough to get down there because of you know it's just crowded there. So when I yeah I it, it, what possible I take Eden's Highway to Peterson, and Peterson to the Outer Drive. The outer drive to Irving Park, then you go over a bit to Sheridan Road. You take Sheridan Road straight up, and you go down one of the alleys on Astor Street. And then I work my way to the green lot where I have a parking pass. And then they have a, a, I used to be in the blue lot, but they, which I'm not over happy about, they booted us out because they put the players' wives in the blue lot. But I had some discussions with the Cubs about that, and just saying that the players' wives, uh, we, uh, season ticket holders pay a lot more, but they bounced, bounced all the blue lot parking lot guys to the green lot or the Camry lot, which is very nice, and it's fine. And then what I try and do is I get to the ballpark. The games say at the, let's say the game starts at 1 o'clock I try to, I, or 1.20. I try to get to the park by 12.30 because I'm a member of the 914 club. You want to go down and have a free lunch and eat a little food. And, and I, then I, when the game starts at 1.20, I get, get to my seat about 1.10. And, and then when the game's over, what I try and do, no matter what the score is, I try, after the top of the eighth inning, if the Cubs are ahead, I'll leave. And if they're if they're behind, I'll I'll stay. If they're behind more than two runs, I'll leave at their bottom eighth inning. Only because where my seats are, I'll get crushed trying to get out of there because there's so many people. So this way, I dart out, get get the get the golf cart back back to my car, back on the outer drive. I'm home in about 45 minutes. If I didn't, but I'll stay if it's a no hitter, a playoff game, a World Series. Right. I I stayed for that mustard commercial, and uh, I got home a bit late. Whatever. <laughs> How about any superstitions? We had another listener. I want to know if you had any superstitions regarding baseball. Yeah, I, I mean, like, um, my superstition is that, you know, you, you you don't walk the pitcher like they do sometimes. And you know, the superstition, I always I make sure that I always wear my green shirt and and, 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 uh, and, and uh, or a green sweatshirt. I have people say, do you have wear the same green shirt? I said, no, but I have several green shirts. I have several green shirts that look alike, and I have two green sweatshirts. But I'm superstitious about that, and, and uh and I'm a little worried about the Cubs, but I, 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 I'm not. The, the first order of business is the, for us to get to the playoffs, not the wild card. Because the wild card, if you recall, in 2015, I was at that game in Pittsburgh, and Arietta won that game four nothing, shut him out. But because of that, Arietta was sharp as a tack that year. You couldn't pitch him in the, to, to the like the third game of the, of the playoffs, and that's when the Mets beat us. So you want to hopefully we'll we'll win the division, even if we're on the road. That's okay, but you'll have time to get your pitching set, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. I mean, what do you what do you think this year? What, what what's your what's your call this year? What do you, what what are you feeling like? We gonna... I'm feeling like that they got this guy, uh, the second baseman. What, what, what he's real good that second baseman, Murphy, Danny Murphy. Yeah. Then they then they name Murphy's pub after him down the street. I was just joking, <laughs> but. 
but they, I think he's a phenomenal pickup. How I can't don't understand. I'm, I'm not an expert at these things, but how if he's put on waivers? There's the Cubs are are there's 15 teams in the National League, so he has to go to the National League first. You mean 14 teams passed on this guy a week ago? It was like it's like uh, how should I say? It's like we got Roy Hobbs uh, <laughs> dropped in our lap, and then Hamill. Hopefully this year will be our answer to Verlander. So if they, I think they can win the World Series if they get in the playoffs. Not by a wild card. They got to win the division. So right now we have two quality pitchers at the moment that go in the playoffs. That's Lester, who's is a hard nosed veteran, and Hamill. And I think Hendrick Hendrick's a kind of funny pitcher. If the wind's blowing in at Wrigley Field, which it should be at that time of year, he'll be more effective. And he needs an umpire to call balls and strikes because and so he doesn't get shortchanged on you know because he mixes his pitches. But he he's a I think a Princeton graduate, very smart guy, and we'll struggle for a fourth pitcher. But I think we'll be okay i got one more question uh just because you know i own the cubs man cave but you got a heck of a basement yourself also correct yeah yeah right i got i got my collection i don't know if you ever heard of somebody by the name of meyer martinez and meyer martinez is a channel two news anchor and then we've become good friends she did a feature on her we had a security guard that worked for a company he was 107 when he passed away he worked for four generations of the annexter family and she did a nice feature on him and she's very nice and, and she came and did a whole thing in my basement in the world series and so and show my basement all over channel two news list i said only on one condition you can say you're jim annexter's warehouse in northern suburb i don't want everybody knowing to live <laughs> in highland park and all that which she did do so so, so that was good and uh and as i said you uh I, I I think the Cubs have a shot this year. They just it, it, look at it this way: if Bryant comes back healthy, which is a big if, if he comes back healthy, it's like trading for a first-class ball player because he's been out so long. You know, it's like uh. adding major punch to life. And uh, one thing I'm impressed with this guy Bodie. I didn't realize until I went to the remember the game they lost ten to three to the, uh, the to, to the Mets after they beat them that two to one of that hard-fought game. That was yeah, Wednesday. It, 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 no, yeah, well, yeah. Madden, Madden rest, I was at that game. He rested a ton of guys and played the C team. He didn't, and I don't think he cared whether he wanted to care, but he didn't care. He wanted to give these guys a break. But I learned one thing, though. Bodie played short that game. And that Bodie is a good find because he's, he's, he can play second, third, or short flawlessly defensively, which is very important. And uh, Javi Baez, someone should talk to him. He's still a great ball player. Sometimes he goes in a rut where he's swinging and everything outside. But he, he's right now my MVP of the Cubs for the moment. The guy, he makes things happen. He's solid defensively. And he's just real, real good, that's all I'll say. Well, Jim, we're running out of time, but I want to say thank you very much for taking time out of your day. It's a pleasure speaking with you. You are an iconic Cubs fan. Right, right. You know what they say at Wrigley Field when I come there? They say, they, I always say, never fear the pink hat guys here. We're going to win today. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thanks a lot for your time, and we'll see you at the ballpark. And fans, you'll, get you'll your see. get your pink hats. And as I said, you, you, you just I said you got my email, and as I said, you uh, what we do is all they have to show is the, this gal that runs it for me, just proof of delivery. You know, it's kind of like an honor system or something like that. And, right. and, and as I said, I know too many people that passed away of cancer. It's a horrible disease. And uh, I said, it's the least I can do to pay back for the community. That's all. And uh, I'm just trying. That's all. And uh, as I said, you send me your email. I'll send you a link when a guy did a video on me. But uh, So that's the story. Yeah, I will definitely do that. And then we'll put it on our page before this airs. And then... Uh... I'm going to order a pink hat. I'm going to donate 25 bucks and I'll get a pink hat. Well, if you want to donate more, that's fine. Yeah. That's a minimum of 25. Yeah, well, a little extra. The reason why I picked 25 is that Cubs sell their hats for 30 or 35. I, I got to be under that, you know. Yeah, right. 
but uh, nowadays it, it, a t-shirt's it, what 50 bucks down there say, yeah. Okay, uh, yeah. yeah well in, in a sense though people say what Ricketts is doing i'm a businessman like he is but not nearly as successful i do fine but he, he he's doing what he, what a businessman's doing he's striking away the iron's hot if you know what i'm saying yeah. the cups are going to be solid for the next few years and they may not win a pennant but if they're let's say over 500 and they're going to win 85 90 games every year he's going to pack the place and that's why he's monetizing his his uh, business but with the with the the, the hotel and all these other things i said five years from now i don't know what he's going to do with those rooftops but it's, it's going to be interesting what he's going to do with those places yeah, when the Cubs start, you know, when they're not on top anymore, all those clubs and everything else, it's so expensive to go there nowadays. I mean, yeah, tell me about it. It's, it's just a, ridiculous. It's a, I mean, it's, it's uh, it, well, that's why I got, especially they're no longer tax deductible. So yeah. basically, I get, the tickets I got rid of with the Bulls, Bears, Blackhawks, so on and so forth, is enough to pay for the Cub increase. You know, that's about the size of it. And the and the Brewers, it's just the the Brewers. We call that place Wrigley North. There'll be the, the Brewers seat forty forty four thousand people. I guarantee you, three thirty thousand or more will be Cub fans this uh, Labor Day and Tuesday and Wednesday. You'll have oh. a ton of Cub fans. We're headed on the bus out there, so it'll be awesome. So, well, if you want to stop by and say hello, I'll be in the eighth row behind home plate. I will. You know what? I'll probably do that. I'll come by and say hi. I would like love to meet you. Yeah, I'll we'll, get, we'll get a photo. I'll bring, I'll bring I'll bring an extra pink hat along, but. Uh, and uh, as they said, send me your send me your email, send, send me where your cell phone is, and then I'll then I'll forward you the picture of the three nutcases of baseball. We have pictures taken. Yeah, no, I will do that for sure. And I want you to. I know you didn't. You, you said it's a little far, but one of these days I do want to get you over at my place for an event. You know, that'd be awesome. All right, as I said, yeah, uh, uh, George Jacobs is a very very nice man. He likes the Cubs like I like the White Sox. He hopes the Cubs will never get played except when they play the White Sox. I'm a Chicago. I'm glad the White Sox won a World Series. I, I hope they do it. My three favorite teams in baseball are, are the Cubs, followed closely by the Brewers, and the White Sox. That's fine. They're all local teams. I, I view Milwaukee as a, I shouldn't say this, but it's a northern suburb of, of Chicago, if you want to be made. It's fine. Right. So that's the story. But I, I, I think that we got to when – let's look past When we get to the playoffs, you want to get to the playoffs – so that you you you, you want to clinch like before the Cardinals come to town the last weekend of the year and uh, Rest my, my, some guys. one of my sons is getting married that weekend and the, I said you picked the weekend when the Cubs are playing the Cardinals what are you doing? <laughs> but, You're out yeah, of the but, family. Uh, <laughs> no, but, but uh, I'll give the tickets. I donated the tickets to two very worthy charities, so it's fine. That's but great. I said the Cubs better. I hope those three games to the Cardinals are meaningless, so the Cubs can get their rotation set. They got. They have to do things. They have to win the division, and hopefully they win the division with three games to go. So the the weekend against the Cardinals, they can play the the junior varsity or something. So it's, it, we got it. So we can start off with Lester, then Hamill, maybe Quintana, maybe Henrik, and we'll be okay. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I, I'm hoping. I like this. I like this guy. What's the guy that Chavez looks good to me? I like him, and and, and uh, I, I like and uh, Justin Wilson. Don't let him close the game, but Justin Wilson is is fine in the role they have, and and C.J. Edwards is doing better, and, and Strope's okay. He's he's filling in for. You got to assume that Brandon Morrell's not coming back. I hope he does come back, but you just hope that Strope uh, can do what he did last night and, and get it done. That's all. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll come and say hi uh, uh, Monday. Uh, have a great Labor Day weekend. I pr- we appreciate your time. Thanks a lot. I, it was an awesome you interview. You're awesome. On, you're, awesome. you're great. You're one of the best guests we've had. Well, I try to be great. It's, 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 and you should, what happens is that I have a deal with the ushers. I'll let you go. 
you don't realize the amount of people that want to take pictures with me. And I'm, I'm, my uncle taught me this. It's just to be nice to someone. It's not. I'm nice to everybody. And I just tell the usher they can come between innings. I'll be glad to take photos and sign autographs. But don't do it during the game. It's not fair if I stand up and and block people's view. They're paying a lot of money to sit behind me. So. And that's when the usher says, okay, these people come down, they want to take a picture with you. And I said, fine, I'll take a picture with you. you know, that's, uh, and, and then I got emails about the, the, some of these lives with the cancer and the, that I brightened their day and all. I never knew this was going to project in these kind of things, but they're all kind of positive things. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's awesome. So uh, I'll see you at the, uh, I'll, I'll see you, I'll be in my, if you're coming down, I'll be there, 8th row behind home plate, section 118. All right, I know where to find you. You'll find me. All right, <laughs> thanks, Jim. Thank you, Jim. Appreciate it. All right. I hope, yeah. hope to tell your listeners that this is the year we're going to do it. We're going to be like the Blackhawks in the short term. Every other year we're going to win a World Series. How about this? Hey, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to party again. This is the end. Beautiful friend. This is the end. My 